0: Please rise in body or spirit. God sent Christ into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God's love endures forever. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, God's love endures forever. Holy God, in this sacred time, in this sacred space, we come face to face with our mortality. We remember that it is from dust that we have been made, and it is to dust we will return. Bless us as we turn our focus inward, that we might truly assess our own brokenness, that we may earnestly confess our sin, and that in so doing, we more fully recognize our constant reliance on your unfailing mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, and for his sake, we make our prayers. Amen. Let us unite our voices as we receive the word of God from Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we are made, he remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass, they flourish like the flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandment. May God bless our hearing and our understanding this first reading of God's holy word.
1: first lesson comes from the prophet Joel, chapter 2. Listen for God's word for you. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sounds the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. There, like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your hearts. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, let them weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among nations. Why should it be said among the people, where is their God? Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Listen again for God's word for you. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Let us join our hearts together again in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, in the heavy sacredness of this moment and this place, we ask you to quiet every voice within us except your own and startle us with your truth. We pray in the name of your son Jesus, who walks alongside us this season. Amen. Toward the end of my pregnancy with my daughter, Wyler, I developed this strange, overwhelming desire to touch dirt. Soil, sand, mulch grit, rocks, I don't know, I wanted to touch all of it. I would walk past a pile of construction gravel in my Port Richmond neighborhood, and I had to restrain myself from plunging my hands into its depths. Now, I assume that this enduring sensory desire was somehow related to a pregnancy-induced iron deficiency. And since I had no interest in consuming the dirt, the doctors were not concerned. So I purchased bags of washed sands, I carried around small rocks, and I visited the shore when I could. There was something quite literally grounding about playing in the dirt during that season. It was calming. It was centering. It reconnected me with a body that had transformed and grown foreign to me. It anchored me to something tangible as I anxiously peered over the edge into this new world of parenthood. While my desire to sift through the dirt has mostly subsided, I do still at times find myself admiring the texture of a good plot of earth. We're told that we have a kind of kinship with the earth, that we came from the earth and one day we will return to it. I found that each encounter with the earth can offer us a kind of return, a return to the present moment, and a return to our very selves. Every year, we mark the beginning of Lent by covering ourselves with ashes. We do this in part to remind ourselves of our impermanence, of our frailty, To acknowledge the temporary and fleeting nature of everyone and everything around us. Memento mori, we declare. But truth be told, I do not think that many of us needed to be reminded of our mortality, not after surviving the past few years. After losing loved ones and jobs, opportunities, and entire swaths of time, we carry our ashes with us wherever we go. After enduring medical treatments and financial struggles, after bearing witness to violent wars and daily mass shootings, after finding our way through a global pandemic, we all wear signs of death on our being. We know all too well that our lives can change in an instant. So, maybe the ashes that we wear this day are not so much about embracing our ephemerality, but rather they are meant to anchor us so that we cannot so easily slip away. Perhaps our ashes are less of a reminder and more of an invitation to return, return back to the God who loves us, back. To the people who support us, back to the earth that holds us upright, back to the people that we were created to be. In our scripture passage for today, the prophet Joel casts a picture of a perilous and uncertain reality for the ancient Israelites. One where the comforts and securities that they had experienced under the Persian Empire threatened to come crashing down around them. Darkness and gloom, great and powerful armies. These ancient people were about to become as unraveled and untethered as many of us feel today. In the face of such looming threats and massive grief, Joel does not declare, Well, such is the way of life. Everything changes. Rather, the prophet offers his people a lifeline, a secure and anchored promise. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your hearts. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, return to the Lord your God. For God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He declares that his people can still arrive again at their initial point of departure. Even now, they can return to where they began, wounded and hurting, but still standing. We wear ashes on this day because we, too, are still standing. We carry with us the the deaths and loss of the past few years, but we are not yet gone. We cannot roll back time But there is still time enough to return to God, to one another, and to ourselves. As our ashes ground us in our present moment and reality, I think the practices that we often adopt during Lent have the ability to tether us back to earth as well. There's a temptation to treat our Lenten practices like a goal, or an achievement, or even as another item to check off of our already-crowded to-do lists. Our Gospel passage for today from the book of Matthew considers the risks of fasting, giving, even praying for the wrong reasons. Jesus explains that uh, our religious practices are not meant to be done in the name of self-aggrandizement or in order to draw distinctions between ourselves and others. Instead, we adopt spiritual disciplines during the season of Lent and throughout our lives for the purpose of restoring relationships. Relationships between ourselves and God, relationships between ourselves and others, even relationships between ourselves and ourselves. For centuries now, Christians would fast from certain foods and activities during Lent in order to remind themselves of their place in in the world, thereby returning to a kind of right relationship with self. We may feel powerful and in control of our lives, but going a few hours without food or other comforts reminds us of how fragile our existence can truly be. And it instills within us a sense of gratitude for when our bellies are full and when we are able to rest. During Lent, Christians will also take up practices of almsgiving, not as a sign of social status, as was often the case in the ancient Mediterranean world, but as a means of offering support to the people who have been pushed to the mar- margins and who are treated as though they are not deserving. This is returning to right relationship with others. And finally, Christians would traditionally take up special prayer practices during the season of Lent, not to prove their piety, but as a means of returning to the God who created them, who loves them with their whole hearts. Our practices during Lent are meant to keep us from rushing through our days without purpose or connection. They're meant to ground us, to center us, to return us back to the lives that we actually want to live. And so as we consider how we want to walk through this season of Lent, we are invited to seek out practices that might be grounding and reconnecting for us. On this Ash Wednesday and throughout this season of Lent, we are being invited to literally and spiritually ground ourselves, to come back down from our busy, chaotic schedules that relentlessly drive us forward, to peel away the harsh layers that we built up around us, and to return our soft hearts back to God, back to one another, and back to ourselves as the poet Rainer Maria Rilke declares, you are not gone yet. It's not too late to open your depths by plunging into them and drink in the life that reveals itself quietly there. Come, beloved dust of the earth, come and dive into the dirt and grit that surrounds us, returning once again to the Lord our God. Amen. Hear this day the call to return to God with all of our hearts. Heeding this call, let us join our voices together in our litany of penitence. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own faults in thoughts, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God. We have not listened to your call to serve as Christ served. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, O God. We confess to you, O God, all our past unfaithfulness, for the pride, hypocrisy, and impatience in our lives. Have mercy on us, O God. For our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people, have mercy on us, O God. For our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves, have mercy on us, O God. For our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work, have mercy on us, O God. For our negligence in prayer and worship, and our failure to commend the faith that is in us, have mercy on us, O God. Accept our repentance, O God, for the wrongs we have done, for our neglect of human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Have mercy on us, O God. For all false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbors, And for our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us, have mercy on us, O God. For our waste and pollution of your creation, and our lack of concern for those who come after us, have mercy on us, O God. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and show us your steadfast love. Turn to us in your mercy, and redeem us. At this time, you are invited to come forward to receive the imposition of ashes, either on your forehead or on your hands, or we can offer you a separate blessing. Friends, come. Let us be grounded in the knowledge that we come from dust, and to dust we will return.
0: Let us pray. Eternal God, our story together is one of your unending faithfulness to us, even as we are not always faithful to you. Holy source of all that is good, you have shown us yourself in abundance and mercy, in grace and abiding care. Knowing of your enduring providence, we know that we may come to you with the concerns that weigh heavily upon us. And so we pray to you for world affairs beyond our control. For the people of Ukraine and Gaza and Israel, for those held hostage and for those who suffer because they are held hostage, we pray for peace, knowing that you alone are the source of true shalom, of peaceable kingdom, Where there are those in harm's way, we pray your deep protection. And where we ourselves harbor enmity and prejudice, we ask that you would grant us awareness and also that you would grant us grace for ourselves that we may learn forgiveness. Teach us how we may serve you more fully. We pray for needs closer to our own homes, to our own communities. As we enter this season of Lent, we ask that you would open our eyes to the needs that are on our very doorstep. May we see those and others whose names are known to you, and in seeing them, be moved to compassion. We pray tonight for victims of violence, and gun violence in particular, and we offer our prayers for those who seek to find solutions even to seemingly intractable problems. Let us not give up hope. Let us not abandon the work of healing the world, because we remember that all healing comes from you. We pray for ourselves, for our own material and spiritual needs. For those among us who suffer from illness and affliction, we pray for your healing touch, for your wholeness, For any in our midst who suffer from depression or emotional illness or addiction, give us compassion. For those who are lonely, may we be a place of friendship, a warm haven where love is shared. And to all of these ends, we pray for the Church, the Church Universal, the Presbyterian Church, and our own congregation. Enrich our lives with your grace that we might find ourselves prepared to be repairers of the breach. For these and all of our prayers we make in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. (coughs) And the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Today we remember that from dust we came and to dust we will return. May this truth ground you this day and move you to return to your God, to others, and to yourself. As we share this truth with one another this day and this week, I charge you, friends, to go out into this night and to be of good courage, to hold fast unto all that is good, to render unto no one evil for evil. Strength of the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, and honor all of God's people, even as you love and serve the Lord. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen.